Hey, Pastor Freddie T. Wyatt here, pastor of Real Life Church, Real Life Sango, Real Life. You know about one of those names. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. You know, today might have been one of my favorite podcasts yet in large measure because of our special guest, Hefe Jeff Kelly, one of my favorite people on the planet. So uh, you're going to enjoy this, and uh, may God bless your day. Thanks for listening. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Good Wednesday morning podcast universe! Good morning, Fred. How are you? Did you get a haircut, Jonathan? I didn't. I just styled it better today. It takes about a week for the for the forming gel to to work properly. This might be our best podcast right now, coming up because of our guest. I mean, we it's are a secret. We finally are. We got somebody that would come and join us this morning. Yeah. So uh, he said he said he's not going to speak unless we ask him a direct question. Oh, he'll open up. I think we'll loosen him up yeah, a little bit. He'll open up. Yeah. Daniel Cox is still here on the board this morning. Good morning, DJ Daniel, Daniel Cox. All that gray hair is just a it's just a facade. That's right. He and he and uh he and Cecile go clubbing. <laughs> we had somebody in community group say that in her former life she used to go clubbing. I'm like, I don't know that I've ever been clubbing. Yeah. I really don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in your community group said that? Like Flintstones, yeah, clubbing. Yeah. I think when I went like to the Bahamas on my senior trip, I guess that whole week was clubbing. <laughs> but that is probably my only experience at clubbing. Oh, wow. Let's move All on right. from clubbing. It's yes. only uphill from here. Hey, uh, baptisms. We had several baptisms. Oh, what a great day Sunday was. It's Wednesday right now. Yes. It's Wednesday. The lights aren't bright enough in here in the lounge. It's all right. We'll shake it off. I'll turn them up during a timeout. <laughs> how you doing, JV? I'm good. How baptisms. We had we had how many baptisms on? I'm looking it up. You right guys, now. I'm on a keto diet. Oh wow. I've that's, lost I've lost nine pounds. That's good, Freddie. Oh praise Freddy. God. Yeah. I just want to be the best version of Freddie T. You know, you know, we set family goals. Sorry about my ADD this morning. We set family goals. I've never been diagnosed ADD. I, I don't even know why I say that. But yeah, we set family goals at the beginning of every year. We've only been doing that, at, you know, for a few years. Parker's a whole nine years old. So, but he jumped on it. Like he's a better goal maker than all the other three kids. Don't tell him I said told you that. But podcast it, listeners do not do, tell don't anybody. Tell Jack that his nine year old brother's a better goal setter than he is. But <laughs> he is. He is. Parker's really good at setting goals. Anyways. Like last year, I set a goal that I would weigh 170 pounds. And I weighed like, I mean, I guess I weighed 200 at the beginning of the year. And when I came home from the hospital, which was a year ago yesterday, a year ago yesterday, I came home from the hospital from COVID. If you're just, if you're a new listener, uh, 14 days, you know, had COVID pneumonia is terrible. Glory to God, I'm alive. When I came home, I weighed 170 pounds March 1st. <laughs> Not the so way to do it. I accomplished that goal pretty quickly. Um, be uh, careful what you ask for, Fred. No, that's right. I just want to be. I just want to be fit, man. I just want to yeah. be fit. Big Freddie. Big Freddie says nobody likes a fat preacher. <laughs> if you're overweight, please don't be offended by that. I, like that's just my dad, and he he's probably the most obese person in our church. You know. Oh well, uh, gluttony is a sin. Let's just be honest. Well, you haven't you haven't asked about my uh, goals. I call them resolutions, but I'm. Remember my two goals this yes, year? Yes, your yours are 
shooting a gun. Shooting. I've already shot the gun. That, it, yeah. that happened a month ago. You're going to become a real life expert soon. I have. I've seen a gun being broken down. I have broken down at least the barely thingy yeah. at the toppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then and then playing the piano. And then I've been playing the piano. I feel like you've lost your mind. How's the piano playing going? I can almost play. Uh, let the Saints go marching. You making in. up new cuss words? Saints go marching in is a very difficult thing to play. I mean, and we're talking about kid Saints, version. Yeah, we'll go Saints, play it. It's hard. And when the Saints. We had podcast five. listeners. We're so glad you're here today. We got a great guest, but before oh, well, that, we got dump. the brain dump. Right? Five baptisms. 11 year old all the way to a 68 yeah. year old Michael Moore. Oh, yeah. Ben Moore's dad. That's right. Yeah, that was great to Little see. Little Ben Moore's granddad. Little Ben Moore's granddad. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We had a couple. Um, couple speakers you hit that in the brain brain dump but let's hit waverly just want to make sure that people yeah, know man. let's you want to talk about that just a second yeah well it's it's fantastic scotty Coyle is just a faithful faithful energetic eager servant in our church and he's led every uh every local mission trip we've taken and they've all been disaster relief scotty's very organized very passionate he's a former staff member at a church in pennsylvania you know and we just love scotty um he does an excellent job of getting it organized, coordinated the trip. They took 13 people to to Waverly to do uh, flood relief damage. You know, when I mean, when a devastation hits a town like that, they're rebuilding sometimes for years, right? And uh, well, without telling names, I had a closing in a county south of us, and I was closing a loan for their home. It was a mother and a daughter, and it was in Waverly, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." completely destroyed home had mm. to get a loan for the first time in years against wow. that home wow. and i said our church we're sending a group and they said i just want you to know people kind of have forgotten right. i appreciate your church not having forgotten wow isn't that great yeah yeah, yeah. i hadn't heard you tell i hadn't heard you tell that that's so great some things just come out on the podcast. yeah so thank you for serving and keep your ears open for other service opportunities lord willem we're going to take a trip to england uh that's not a local trip, but a trip to England in the summer. Fourth of July. During that time, most likely. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. I have to say, one of the things I really enjoyed on on your brain dump was the gentleman, I think you said it was a gentleman, that read through, yeah, gentleman, read through the whole book of Matthew during this season. Yeah. When we've been hitting every week. Yeah. Daily. Deeply, deeply delighting, delighting in God, God, and we do that by opening up, as you say, the sacred scriptures every day, maybe multiple times a day, and just immerse yourself in it. And that he said, well, I've read Matthew. What do I read now? Right. Fired me up, man. <laughs> oh, man, that's just great. Someone was listening. So right. I hope I hope some other podcast listeners have opened up God's sacred scriptures. Keep digging in. It yeah. makes all the difference. I, I still meditate. Yeah. You know, remember? Walk. Yeah. Stay and sit. Yeah. Walk, stand, sit. Yeah, I remember. I told you the other one I found. Yeah. Give thanks, recount, be glad, and sing. Give no, thanks. I, no, you haven't told me that one. Give thanks, recount. Where's that from? It's a few Psalms, seven, eight. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> it's I'm not sure. eight. It's not eight. It's seven, six. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? All right. Uh, anything else on the brain dump? Uh, I know we had the path this week. We had some excited folks. They've signed up to join in the service of the, the thing church. about the brain dump jonathan is it was the sunday night brain dump and it's wednesday morning <laughs> so none of that stuff is on my brain right now I you can you. you if you want to bring it up i'll be like oh yeah but i can't tell you what was on the brain well dump, really. i'll tell you this that uh, we had the path the path if you have not done the path it's very important sarcastic. here's the reason the because path. the path shows what the church does and the church 
is not Freddie T or maybe even our guest today or maybe Daniel Cox on the board. The church is the, are the people that are at the church, which yeah. is the people that show up every week and work yeah. hard and yeah. serve God. Um, yeah, our next pass is in April. And one of the things I love about the path is, you know, we're a growing church. We're not a huge church, but we're a growing church. And the path is the perfect place for you to get to share your story with somebody in a non-intimidating, not in front of a, not, not in front of a crowd, you know, they huddle up and they make introductions in a really comfortable way, but everybody walks out of the path going, I feel like I know some people, you know, like, I feel like this is my church and that's what we want everybody to feel. Yeah. All right. Other than Parker learned, I was going to, you know, for Rachel. Hey, you know, we did have our all-time high attendance. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to, that was the second thing. But <laughs> but Rachel's looked at the Instagram picture, and yeah. she's kind of funny. So, yeah, I understand Rachel. I she, Rachel. She is uh, is, is uh, difficult as I am to understand. She said, <laughs> so if Freddie's there changing the tire and showing Parker, who's behind Freddie showing Freddie how to change oh, the tire? Oh, Rachel. Oh, Rachel. <laughs> it, was oh. Great. it was great to see you teaching Parker how to Rachel, change the tire. <laughs> look, I mean, I'm challenged with these things, but it doesn't mean I'm totally hey, incompetent. Just, I, uh, yeah, yeah I, I will tell you this. Yeah. I think I was, I mean, I don't know if I was like 20 or 18 or 22, but I changed, I changed a flat tire laying on the ground on the interstate on 24. And, uh, when I got done, I felt like I like rite of passage manhood. That's right. Show your, show your gun. Show I your had gun. grease all over my hands there and I just, I, like, I didn't want to go to bed that night. That's right. I was just like, I wanted everybody to know. Yeah. So this necessity is the mother of invention. Sometimes you can figure right. out how to change That's your right. tire if you have Rachel, to. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I may have said that and blamed Rachel. I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a little passive aggressive there. Shake it off. Uh, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about lastly, the numbers. We say it every time when we have a high attendance, numbers matter, yeah. but numbers matter because numbers represent people and people coming to hear God's word. Yeah. Yeah. So really? highest 686 people Sunday. One more time. 686 people. Crazy. Yeah, it's great. So great. You know, and you know, I just want to remind people like that's like for us that's like wow. But when you think about the lostness in Montgomery County, that's like we're just I mean, we're not even scratching the surface. So like we want to hold both of those in our heart. You know, like we want to celebrate, thank you, God, for letting us see fruitfulness that flows out of our faithfulness. Glory to God. This is your church. This is your work. And we celebrate it. And yet, Lord, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. So um, let's just continue to move forward with, the, with expectation that the Lord has called us and he, he wants us to push back the darkness. And so, and, and so when you say that, let's, let's just make sure that's daily deeply delighting in God in your own personal walk. That's right. And then when that comes apart, you're going to tell everybody around you. Oh, yeah. And in, and we're trying, and I think you've done a great job in casting the vision years ago, uh, is we're trying to make real life a place where if you go to that distance to invite a friend or invite a coworker, they're going to be invited to a place where they're going to be loved and where they're going to learn something about God. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the first sermon I ever preached in real life was the woman that Jesus met at the well, the woman at the well. And she had one encounter with Jesus, one encounter. So she didn't have weeks of reading the Bible. She didn't have months of reading the Bible. She didn't have weeks and months of listening to sermons and going to the temple and listening to the Bible taught. She had one encounter with Jesus. She went back to her town, told everybody what Jesus had done, and many people in the town believed. So you, you only got to have one encounter with Jesus to have a testimony, to have a story to tell. Glory to God. You know, so 
Don't feel like you've got to arrive at some. You know, a lot of time, a lot of times people will what uh, uh, be reticent to tell others about Jesus because they feel like their life is not a good example of the Christian life. Well, the whole point of the Christian life is that God gives us His undeserved, unmerited grace. <laughs> so, like, if you feel like your life is a mess, you've got a great story to tell because that's what other people need to hear is that God accepts us in our mess. God forgives us in our mess. God will meet you in your mess. You don't, you don't have to clean yourself up before you come to God. So, man, where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is indeed freedom. Feel free to take a shower before you come, though. So, <laughs> uh, listen, we have talked for three weeks, just me and you. It has been a joy. If I, I hope everybody laughing gets to... <laughs> at your jokes, you would probably quit telling them. <laughs> it's been a joy talking with you for three weeks alone. But today, we're going to carve out a lot of time on the podcast. It's not going to be that long. For our special guest. Yeah. Would you like to introduce our special guest? No, 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 no. No, we'll tell you when we come back. Anticipation. Stay tuned. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday in real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym, right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story, into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at Real Life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at Real Life. So text that friend today. Well, I like everything about our guest, except for the fact that he's not a faithful podcast listener. (laughs) It kind of breaks my heart. Well, I did ask it. Has we, he we get up what? early and Cox rolls out of bed before he's a Christian in the morning and he's over here on the DJ board and <laughs> I'm setting up the podcast the day before all excited. The legendary, the one and only Hefe, Jeff Kelly. Jeff Kelly. What's up? Good morning. Welcome. Real life's resident clubbing expert. <laughs> uh, that's why I can't listen to the podcast because I'm getting in so late. So. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Jeff, you are so loved around here, man. I feel it. How does it, it, it feel to be so loved? Feels good, man. Feels, uh, it's, uh, it's a blessing, you know, just to have so many Wonderful people that you get to do life with and connect with. All right, Jeff Kelly, we're going to take a rapid-fire deep dive into who is Jeff Kelly. All right. Tell us where you were born. Tell us about your family, where you grew up. Yeah, I grew up in Knoxville, uh, born and raised, go Vols, uh, East Tennessee. We call it God's country. Um, So grew up 20 minutes uh, from Smoky Mountains, so awesome. Uh, So I have one sister. We're a super small family, like – you and Jeannie Bussey, so small family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenny, <laughs> Jenny's got more siblings than I have in my entire. Well, she got seven. She family. got seven siblings, right? Like seven. so. Yeah, there's eight yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, eight of them. So wow. Yeah, no, just me and my sister. So, but uh, yeah, man, we grew up in Knoxville, born and raised there, lived there, stayed there until the Lord moved me to Middle Tennessee in uh, 2009. Welcome to the real country. Well, Your mom and dad are so great. They are. I've only met them once, yeah, but they're gosh, they're, they're the kind people. of people that you feel like you've known forever and yes. that you want to just yeah. hang out all Sunday afternoon with. Yeah. yeah, my mom has never met a stranger, so she'll she'll talk to you and make you feel like you know you're one of her favorite people almost immediately. And then dad is dad is a dad man. He just he's the guy that like he's always dependable. He give you the shirt off his back if you need it, and 
But uh, he can change a tire without his wife telling him. He how. can. He can. <laughs> he can. <laughs> my mom talks a lot. My dad like says very few words. Yeah, so it's like yeah. The, the, the perfect connection. Okay, so I don't want to take, trace too much of a rabbit trail, but yep. when, we, when we were when our time in New York City was wrapping up yep. many many moons ago. And we were trying to figure out where are we going to plant our lives? Like where are we going to where are we going to live? Where are we going to do life? And like East Tennessee was at the very top of my list of yeah. like it just feels so refreshing to me. I don't know, fall in East Tennessee oh. seems like yeah. one of the best. Yep. But Gatlinburg always feels like a nightmare to me. Oh, for sure. We yeah, I mean we call it the Redneck Riviera. Yeah. So like <laughs> I mean it's, you know, we would go up there to mainly people watch, and if if you love Gatlinburg, yeah, go for it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's like Daniel Cox loves Gatlinburg. Want to burn him there? Yeah, just man, it's just like the I've seen numerous things in Gatlinburg that I like to say are not indicative of who we are as East Tennesseans. Yeah, so, but so I love Clarksville because I know it so well. It's comfortable. Like, I know all the back roads, and all the back roads have a story because I grew up here, right? But um, other than it being comfortable, what do you love about East Tennessee? Uh, I love, I mean, I love the mountains. I love the proximity um, of living in East Tennessee that, I mean, within 30 minutes, I could be escaped into creation. Did you ever go skiing? No, I'm not not a big snow skier. Yeah. I love water skiing. So yeah. we would, yeah. we would yeah. you know, water ski in the summer on the lake. But yeah, it was just like, um, I just love the scenery. I love the hills. I loved, you know, I'm not a big fan of just flat land all the time. So you were a basketball stud growing up. I, I played. I think you were a stud because your all time high in a game was what? 34. I think that's pretty stout. Yeah. So who'd you play for? South Dole, South Dole Cherokees. Uh, you just so. can't be average and score 34 points. I do not know an average player that scores 34 points. I mean, I could shoot. I mean, I, I could shoot, but like my the rest of my athletic prowess is what kept me from doing much of anything. Okay, so you work with our, our students a lot. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you ever had a serious hoop game with any of them? Because they probably didn't know you had skills. No, they did not. It was at camp this yeah. last summer. Uh, we had several of our high school guys who like issued a challenge uh, to Tyrell and I, Tyrell. Uh, Tyrell, Tyrell, Tyrell Gage. He's OG. Um, so uh, we played, first we played football. With them one afternoon, like they challenged us to football, and, they and you, kinda, did they, you you played football too? Yeah, yeah. They stacked they stacked the team to where they had their our student all stars on one team, and Tyrell and I, and they they threw us a guy or two on our team, and we just dusted them. <laughs> um, and they were they were in denial for the rest of the day, um, and then the next then the following day they said, well we're we're gonna take it to the to the hardwood today, and they challenged us in basketball, and we again dusted them. Wow, them. so. There, there's a lot of them are still recovering. From that. So if and you we're still physically recovering, yeah. So, so. so I will say, do you remember who some of those students were? Yeah, yeah. Who were they? The uh, UB. The yeah. dusted. Yeah, we dusted. We dusted. Uh, we dusted Tanner Fowers. Tanner. Uh, we dusted uh, Jack Wyatt. Jack Wyatt. Yeah. Um, ben Moore was on our team. So. Oh, shout okay. Out, out well, that's Moore. not bad. Yeah, He's got ben, some height. Shout out Ben Moore. Um, yeah, so we, we dusted, uh, most of our, most of our high school guys. Okay. So find Jack Wyatt and find Tanner Fowers. Yeah. Let them know Sunday and let them know that Jehefe, Jehefe got dusted by some old men. Okay. Jehefe. Now you live in Tennessee. How'd that happen? How do I live in middle Tennessee? Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Yeah. You're good. That's right. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, in 2009, um, uh, I, I accepted calling the ministry when I was 18 coming out of high school, but 
for the early part of my. Uh, you came to Christ at what age? Came to Christ at seven. Awesome. And then accepted the call uh, to ministry at eighteen. Me too, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming out center future camps, and uh, but first part of my ministry life, I did a lot of bivocational stuff. I was a basketball coach for ten years and was doing student and worship ministry at that time, and so was looking, praying that God would call me into a full time ministerial role. Um, and so in two thousand nine, um, uh, got called by uh, a church here in Middle Tennessee uh, to come and be their full-time uh, ministry uh, or worship leader. In Gillisville? In, in Gillisville. You, so before that, some of the camps you worked at were... Yeah, we I worked at Centric Kid Camps, yeah. which is Lifeway's camps for uh, second through um, fifth graders. Lifeway Christian Resources yeah. put on camps historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Centric Kid was its centrifuge. Just for kids. did the church in Goodlettsville find you at camp? Is that where they they met you? found? Yeah, they found uh, a buddy of mine, our mutual coat, coat, the infamous coat. Um, yeah, coat and I worked to camp together. That's where we met in two thousand five. That's Ryan Coatney yep. that we call coat, and this is Jeff Kelly that we call Hefe. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we met in two thousand five. We worked camp together. He got hired on at this uh, at Church First Baptist in Gillisville as a children's minister, and they were hunting for a worship guy. And he was like, "Well, I know a guy," and so they reached out, and uh, that's how I came there in two thousand nine. So, and I yeah, I'd had him at camp years before, but like hadn't made that connection until we got there. I'm like, oh, we remember you. Oh, I remember you guys. So you came on there in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. What year did you come to New York City on a mission trip? Oh man, it was probably like 2011, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm terrible with years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was in, within the first two to three years of me being there. Okay. Yeah. You and Coat brought a team up. You guys led a vacation we, Bible school, and we did. Tell us some of the funny things about that trip. Uh, funny things about that trip. Well, we <laughs> we had geared up. Um, we had geared up. Coatney suckered you in to come see yeah, his friend. Coatney. Here's the thing about Coatney, uh that Coatney. Cody and Freddie are so similar <laughs> in that these guys are big vision. Like God gives them big vision, big plans, and like they're dreamers, and it's awesome. Um, God gave me the skill of logistics, so like they dream it, they map it out, and then I try to follow behind and like actually make it happen. Um, You're a ninja. So, so Coach dreams up New York, and then that's my job is to logistically make it happen. But this time he chose to do some logistics on his own. Um, such as we stayed in a hostel. Um, bed so bugs. We, yeah, bed, bed yeah. bugs. So it's, uh, we, had, we stayed in a hostel. Daniel Cox, you ever stayed in a hostel? Bed bugs. Okay, hostel is H-O-S-T-E-L, I believe. Right. Yes. Not, a, not H-O-S-T-I-L-E. Not it's no, not Spanish no, for no. hotel. <laughs> no, it's basically a, a hotel and like youth camp combined because you just go, you stay in like bunk beds, but you're bunking with whoever else is at the, the guy from Switzerland and yes. the girl from Nepal yes. are in your room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Visiting New York city. Um, and man, I just remember like we had a guy on our team, uh, Paul Sternberg, who's like six, nine. Wow. And like, he's trying to sleep in a bunk bed <laughs> the whole week. And so like Paul's waist to his head fit on the bed <laughs> the rest of the week. He slept with his legs off the bed. Um, now we, that your hostel was two blocks from the church, two blocks from the church. And there was a great coffee shop in the bottom of the hostel. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we also would walk every day to the church right by the Museum of Sex. True story. So we had students there, True and they were story. like, you know, so every time we walked by that, we're to like, the hey, left, just look, to look, the look, left, look straight, look to straight, the left. Don't worry about it. So, um, 
man, we had all we had all kinds of we had sewage issues in our hostel room. Oh so my like, goodness! I just remember one night I was like, I've got to take a shower, and I just <laughs> randomly walked into some people's room and walked in and got in the shower, and I was like, sorry, I've got to do this. So. Uh, yeah, so that was that's what happens when you let a non logistics <laughs> person plan the logistical details. So, uh, well, you so joyfully held your tongue that trip from all the frustrations you had with oh, coat yeah, in the yeah. sewage and the living in a hostel, no, and you no. guys killed it. Yeah. That was great. But that's where you and I met. That is yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's we cool. Were, we were uh, we loved man, we loved it. Like that was the first um, first Baptist had done several international trips to brazil for several years but that was that was the first um kind of domestic trip that we had that they had done in a while um and so it was and it kind of began a launch board of us you know doing a lot more with our students on mission on ministry so it was a good step for us hey one of the things i love about you is is how you navigated a difficult family situation um, yep. you've got an amazing little boy. I do. Uh, just give us a snapshot of your family journey. Yeah. So, uh, I've got a six year old Lincoln and, um, in 2017, uh, my wife and I split, um, she, uh, decided she just didn't want to be married anymore and, and wasn't, uh, the life of ministry was just a lot. And so, um, she decided to kind of step away. So, um, at that time Lincoln was two. So, uh, quickly went for, and we had been married for, um, seven years. We had, we dated for six before that. So we had been doing life together for 13 years. And so, um, so in 2017 that shifted. Um, and so I quickly kind of began to learn, okay, how do I do, how do I, how do I do ministry by myself without my partner? Um, how do I learn to be mom and dad at times? And, and, and my wife, Crystal, she's a phenomenal mom to our son she's great um but i mean i was just learning <laughs> just basics um you know it's your first kid anyway so uh, just learning the basics and then when when that happened at two it was a very rapid maturation process of of learning a lot of things so yeah amazing well i just yeah. i love the approach your church took with you yeah Brandon. you know so many times when that kind of you know unwanted thing mm-hmm. happens a lot of times churches will be just like, oh, you're, you know, you're done, you know, and, yes, and, yes. and kick you to the curb. And your church yeah. didn't do that. I'm so thankful. Yeah. And you continued to minister there and have great fruitfulness. Yeah. And and um, and I'm thankful for how patient, you know, you were with, with uh, Crystal. And we love Crystal so much. And But I'm thankful for how patient, yeah. you know, you've been with Crystal. And we love Lincoln. We yeah. so, we're so glad we get to see Lincoln every Sunday. But I know it's been a hard aspect of your journey. But I feel like just in the local church, you've got something in your tool belt that mm-hmm. I don't have. Yep. You know, you've got a, the, the book of second, the book of second Corinthians chapter one says that, mm-hmm. you know, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us in all our affliction, that we may be able to comfort others also with the same comfort with which we ourselves have received. Yeah. And you've walked a journey that I think just gives you a tool belt, man, to minister to people in the, in the, inside the body of Christ. And yeah, it, it's, it's been, you know, one of the things I think it's been the most rewarding because you never want to walk through that type of situation or suffering for no reason, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and, and there's days when it feels like, why God, why am I having to yes. deal with all this stuff? Yes. Um, but we know he's faithful and he's working it. And, Come on. um, I got to have so many conversations 
uh, in those first couple of years with students that had come up through our student ministry that we had poured into for years who were able to say, hey, man, like I'm seeing you walk out all the stuff you you taught me yeah. and you told me like you're yeah. you're being Jesus you're loving and like that was not that was the, you know not my intention at all I was just trying to make it every right. day right. and do it the best right. I could right but praise be to God that he kind of took those days and those moments and those steps that I felt I felt like he was calling me to take and he used those to help strengthen and reaffirm some things that you know we had poured out into these students for years and yeah, so yeah. I think that's the that's the you know the real blessing in it yeah. is just seeing how you know, God takes our, our hurt and our pain and still, you know, makes something beautiful out of it. Yeah. Beauty, maybe, out, beauty out of ashes. Come know, on, so. man. I, you know, maybe you're listening to the podcast today and you're like, whoa, not what I was expecting, you know, and, and maybe you're walking through a very similar season right now and you felt like the church is so unapproachable when those kinds of things are happening or Christians don't understand when that kind of stuff happens, you know, and you just... Um, we want you to know we understand. Hefe understands intimately, and I uh, just encourage you to reach out to him, shoot him a line. If, For sure. If you need a listening ear of somebody that you think might understand that kind of journey, if you need counsel, you know, reach out. He'd be glad to yeah. partner with you. And and it's still not easy, right? Yeah. It's I mean, there's still some very dark and lonely and difficult days. Yeah. And, sure. uh, man, we're so thankful for you. Thanks, yeah. Um, so... Uh, fast forward, catch me up. You, your time was wrapping up at, at uh, in Goodlitzville. Yep. About the same time we were needing somebody to step in. We had some staff transition. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd never looking back now, I would have never thought, Hey, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a job change in the middle of COVID when the chaos of all that was going on, but that's what the Lord had intended. So yeah, I'd served at first Baptist for over a decade. And so, Things were shifting there. The Lord was shifting me, and, and um, I knew it was time for a move. And um, we just kind of got randomly connected again through Coat. Coat had said, "Well, uh, you know, for, no, Freddie T's looking for somebody." And so we touch base. And do I owe Coat a finder's fee, no, or do you no, owe you Coat? Do you know no, that? You <laughs> so um, yeah, and so I mean, I, when we first walked into that, I, my whole ministry life and career had been primarily focused on worship and students, you know, and so. Um, our, my role here at Real Life is a lot more than that, a lot more admin and some different things like that. So, um, the lights just flickered. The lights just flickered. We still, we still, something yeah. just went round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when I stepped on, we kind of said, "Hey, let's 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 go temporary. Let's do interim for six months to see if make sure I wasn't going to run the church in the ground and that <laughs> I wasn't, you know, going to hate my life every day either." Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that, I mean, that was November of 2020, and then, you know, we got cranking up, and then things changed pretty quickly in February of Holy cow. 2021. You so. came on in, in when? November? November. November. I bit the dust in February and yeah. was out for a month, yeah. and now Hefe is director of operations slash lead pastor. <laughs> huh. uh, yeah, it was not. You not and what, a, you not and what a, we'd anticipated. You the, uh, and Olivia were the only full-time staff, and she'd been there about a month. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, wow. In God's providence, He just thrust you in a, into a place where you just had to you just had to lead. You yeah. just had to go for it. And um, yeah, it you know you're a pro. You're highly skilled. You're a man of character. You're great with people. So it was like no sweat. You know, it's it was you did you guys did such a 
we sweat know. we sweat a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I loved your you know your uh, you coined the phrase that you called Olivia lightning in a bottle. Yeah. You know, so you guys were like Batman and Robin. Le- le- the yeah, way. Olivia was like the the little sister I never <laughs> knew that I wanted or needed. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah she's, yeah. Well, I just want to say right now, thank you, thank you That's for good. stepping in. I mean, I, my goodness, it's just uh, the Lord used you has used you mightily in our church sure. in a in a critical critical time, and uh, and you just. You just led with such grace, you know, it just seemingly such ease. Well, JV, you weren't, were you, you were here. Duh. Yeah, I was here. Duh. I, I know. It's a time warp. COVID <laughs> is a time warp for me. I got to, I got to ask myself, what was that? You, so July, July 20th started. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great. And so what I was going to say was, I'm trying not to interject, but you why know, are you, why are you trying for to those, interject? for those that are, that kind of knew Freddie was sick or out or maybe in the hospital or not doing well, and may have not even known the critical point of where you were at Bandy with ICU. I think if you showed up on Sunday mornings, I think if you showed up on Sunday mornings and you came to worship, you didn't know, except maybe you weren't preaching. Noah was preaching. Other people were preaching. Um, But you just didn't know. And probably if you called the office or saw the social media post, you just didn't know. And how wonderful it was for God to put Olivia, but for Jeff, I don't know if I can call him half. I don't think we're that close. Jeff, uh, put Jeff in that driver's seat to drive the church during a very, very difficult time. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I just want to tell you that. I've so, never told you that. I think it was seamless. I'm not saying we don't need Fred, because we do. Yes. But during that time, it was a seamless transition while Fred was, Fred was out. And so you did a great job. Well, it was, I mean, and a huge kudos to our our staff team that was, I mean, developed in that, that was, a, you know, we kind of pulled together. And so I was driving the bus, but I had lots of co-passengers who were like, yep, yeah, nope, turn here, turn there, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah. even even at that time, some of our, you know, our financial advisors, you guys, Steve Springer and some of those guys who helped step in, who had been here since core days and, yeah. and kind of yeah. just really, we had so many people that just encouraged us and kind of, hey, whatever you need, we got you. So I feel like it was you know, it, it was a unique moment in the church, I think, where the church rallied together, um, you know, and we are praying every day for our fearless leader to, to return back. Um, but just cool to see the church pull together and keep growing and pushing and moving forward, you know, um, in that moment. Yeah, you know? so good. So here we are, Jeff Kelly, Director of Operations. So yeah, I love you, bro. We're going to take a pause. We're going to come back. We're going to cap off some of your story and uh, and see what we got coming up. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in his work, in his ministry. Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text MISSION to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. All right, Jeff. So we're back. And I, I just can't 
not take the opportunity. Okay. So, gosh, I don't know. Has it been every sermon for the first six weeks of those, during Freddie's Delighting in God that he completely bashed us both from the stage? I mean, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago that he actually called us both out? about the difference between joy and happiness. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to, yeah. but I mean, he chose. So I felt like we had this major connection. Yeah, and I think sure. we had this connection after the first service, but yeah. for the second service. And I think we, we had we, we, we had it out. Freddie didn't have to be there. So yeah. I think we felt more comfortable yeah, about our difference between joy and happiness, Fred. So, But we're you. not going to talk about joy and happiness because we have been for six weeks. I just appreciate you guys supplying sermon <laughs> illustrations. <laughs> You come to the Real Life Students every Sunday night for many of those as you want. So we create them weekly. <laughs> All right, so you segue to that. So yeah. tell me, so you've been in, you've been in student yeah. ministry, and I know worship, but student mm-hmm. ministry for a while. My brother yeah. started in the student. Fred, did you you did students? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So my brother stayed in student ministry for mm-hmm. for a long time, um, in three states. Uh, tell me the core of why Jeff Kelly loves student ministry. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, my my own time in in the church uh, and students was um, really formative, but but was really chaotic. My my time middle school through high school at my home church, we had um, nine different youth leaders during the seven years that I was in middle school and high school, and so it was just like people revolving door, um, and so a lot of we felt like a lot of times we were leading ourselves. And but because of that, I had great discipleship with brothers in Christ and and people, my teenage, you know, my peers. Um, and I think it was just during that season that God just kind of began to light that burden and that fire in my heart of like, you know, what what can be accomplished for the gospel when somebody's willing to go in and commit themselves and commit their life and pour their life out for you know teenagers because you know this day and age way more now than you know when I was growing up twenty years ago. Um, Man, just the amount of things they're trying to figure out. You know, I mean, obviously we all know the chemical changes going on, and but but the world that our teenagers are trying to navigate now, with social media and everything that's going on, um, I just feel like they, you know, more, now more than ever, you know, they've needed they need people who are there to to love on them, to pour into them, to engage with them, to teach them, to point them to Jesus, and so that's just kind of the the passion in the heart. You know, the passion that God kind of fostered in my heart. I never, when I stepped into ministry, I never saw myself ever being a lead pastor ever. Like I've never had that desire. Um, I kind of, when I stepped into ministry, I thought, Hey, I'm going to be in student ministry until I retire. Like that's just what the Lord had burdened in my heart with. And I love worship. So it's kind of, we've kind of, I've kind of ping ponged back and forth between the two. And then sometimes I'll get lucky and get to do both at the same time. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just, you know, to me, it's just, um, I love the energy that teenagers bring um it's it helps you stay you feel like you're young because of the the joy and the excitement they have and i don't i don't think there's i just don't think there's a better moment than seeing um students fully begin to kind of gain the understanding of how god sees them what their identity is in him um and what their life can be in alignment with god so that to me i think like there's there's no better gig you can have so so good uh, so heavy, we're as aggressively as we can trying to take responsibilities off your plate yeah. because you spin a lot of plates. Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, you know, in, in your, your, uh, you've got some direction in your journey that folks, if they want to know more intimately, just line up coffee with you and hear from you about what's ahead for Hefe and some of those things. But tell me, what do you love most about real life? So this doesn't have to be ministry that you're leading any, what what do you love most about real life? Um, I, I mean, the easy answers are people. I mean, I really do like. I've been in churches literally since I was the day I was born. Um, and I brag on our congregation anytime I get the chance to. I'm like, dude, just our church, our people are, they're encouraging, they're loving, they love Jesus, they're like on fire, they're inviting people. Like, it's just like, it's the type of like church community that you want to be a part of. So I love, I love our people. Um, but I th- the other thing I, I love is I just, I think that, I think that as a church, we prioritize the right things. I think we prioritize the gospel above all else. Um, and I think we, we prioritize people. And I mean, we, we talked about it like, you know, we don't love the number six, you know, 86, whatever it was, 684, because it's a number 684. We love it because of the people that that number represents. And I think that real life, the way that we try to go about our strategy and our structure, like, um, we prioritize the gospel above all else. Um, I grew up in established churches my whole life. I've been in over-programmed churches my whole life. I, it's refreshing at real life that we're not over-programmed all over the place. And and when you leave every Sunday morning, like you know clear, full well, this morning was about Jesus. It was about the gospel. That's it amazing. was about bringing people to the Lord. Um, so can I, can I tap yeah, on that just sure. a little bit? So your previous church would have been described as uh, a more established church. Sure, yeah. uh, I, I, could you describe it as a traditional church? Yeah. 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 It was, it so was a well-established okay. traditional church, kind of a, kind of a typical, say, you know, Baptist church in the yes, South. Yes. Um, help people understand, because I think a lot, some folks may just take it for granted, but help people to understand um, what differences you've experienced, sure. you know, yeah. from those. And we're not trying to, no, you know, no, hold one, no, but no, they're just no. different. Yeah. Very no, different. I love it. Um, you know, I think one, like one thing that we'll all get to experience here in a few, you know, years is traditional church is great having your own building, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's great having our own space Yeah, um, where we didn't have to set up everything, but like you kind of could camp out a little bit. So like that, there are the pros like that that were great. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think the thing that plagues most traditional churches is, is tradition. Um, of just of like we get into this is this is how we this is always how we do things we feel like we've got to do every ministry that everybody has an idea about or wants to come up and do um, and I think not that you can't see fruit from that but I think the difference that we see with real life is is the agility that we have at real life because we're not over programmed so that when needs arise we're able to I think more quickly and more easily pivot and meet actual needs that Mm. people have. And so like Mm. that has been so refreshing to me, um, you know, that, um, that we're not trying to overpopulate people's calendars during the week, you know, but I think people still feel connected to us during the week. And I think that's the difference is like, I think a lot of people think that in traditional churches that programs equal connection, right. That like you got to have, something going on and people have to be there and that's that's where connection happens and I'm like I think real life has kind of broken that mold of like we see people on Sunday morning 
hopefully you're in a community group and you're in a community group during the week. But like we create organic touch points throughout the week, whether that's through interaction on social media, whether that's through a phone call or a coffee or just a lunch. And it's just trying to really kind of do life with each other without like complicating it with, you know, committee meetings and all the, all the other stuff. So can you tap that is on one thing? I will say like, that's uh, so good. Can my you favorite? No committees. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny when people say I'm on the welcoming committee. I said, no, you're no, on the you're welcoming not. team. That's you right. know, nobody's sitting around the table yeah, deciding yeah. things about the committee, no. about the welcoming right. team. You're right. Uh, can you uh, can you speak to just a little bit about your experience with our uh, social media? Yeah, I mean, like I think the thing with with our social media is um, it's not just about promotion, right? I think a lot of churches and um, you see social media just being like, "Hey, let me tell you about this. This is coming up. We want you to." It's almost like an extension of the calendar. Um, where I, I love the thought that's put into our social media of it's it's every opportunity we have is yes we, we tell people things but it's a ministry touch point you know uh, it's it's trying to bring in a moment of God's peace and God's word in, into the middle of your day um, I I don't do much on social media like uh, I did I think I did real life students for like two weeks and then Freddie T's like can you pass off student social media to somebody else? So, cause it's not my, it's not my MO. Emma Binkley, shout out. She does a great job with real life student, uh, Instagram. But, um, yeah. So like for me, I'm not on socials a lot. It's and good so, for the soul, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's this tension. Like as a pastor, I want people to be on social less, Yes. but we know that the masses are in the rising generations live there. Yeah. You know, the, the young, the, the rising generations grew up with two feet in mm -hmm. the social 100%. world. Um, so I love what you're talking about is for us, it's ministry. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's intentional. Yeah. How have you seen, did you come on board? Like, did you come on as convinced about the, the significant nature of social? No, not at all. Like, I mean, cause to me, like I said, my, my experience with social media had been like, I mean, you're friends with tons of people that, you're only really friends with half of them. You know, the rest of them are like people you haven't talked to in years, you know, that everybody from high school, your Facebook friends and all that stuff. It'd been very, very much like just the cursory kind of, I've got that world. I follow all my Cubs baseball beat writers on Twitter to know what's going on for baseball season. But that had really kind of been the extent of it outside of what I'd had to do. You know, with being a student ministry, we had to have some type of social media presence. And so like I did it there. You know, um, but for me, no, just not not to the the breadth that we do it. You know, um, from everything from the amazing, you know, Sunday recaps that Daniel Cox puts together that like beautiful. Can't wait! I literally like I when know. you know that pops up. Like you can't wait to watch it and see it. Um, but even now, it's like what we've just been recently doing with just sharing a simple scripture. Yeah, you know, just like um, pausing that momentary pause in the day to kind of like just it it really serves as just a really like quick injection of like, Hey, just stop for a minute and like let your brain get off of this and like focus in on the Lord. For yeah. yeah. So, well, it's, you know, I, I think about it, like if you're 55 and you're not on social media, yeah. you know, and you wonder what's the church staff doing, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, we, we, we desire for our ministry to be as incarnational mm -hmm. as possible. And that means we go to where the people are. So, 
that's why we do social media. It's it's to model our ministry after Jesus's. Jesus left heaven, pretty good place. Yeah. Came to earth, <laughs> pretty pretty broken place. Right. And he came to this broken place because this is where the people he was seeking to reach were. So we go into this broken place of the social world that's a mess. And we seek to shine light there and minister to people. And especially during the COVID time, man, I mean, it was like, it was mission critical to be there. And and so I'm so thankful for Jenny, who has started to run our social yeah. platform, Daniel, who's creating great content for it. And, um, you know, this podcast is an example of that. You know, that's Jonathan, that's why I'm so committed to jumping on here. It's because people are on the go. And they got their AirPods in their ears, and they're going to have something coming through, right? They're going to have something coming into their heart via those AirPods. And so, man, we just want to direct their hearts toward the things of God. And so, nice, nice. All right, Hefe, hard right. Who's your favorite artist, your musical artist? Uh, it's a band called The Main. Are they no emo? Are they emo? They are. They are a little bit emo. Hefe <laughs> will come back. Hefe will roll in like on a Tuesday morning. He'll be like, I'm so fired up for the week. I went to an emo concert last night. <laughs> okay, slow down. Slow down. Yeah. So let the old man catch up here. Um, emo, is that a person or is that a, that's a, a movement? It's a genre. It's okay. like pop, genre. Punk, emo. That's my, that's my jam. So. I listen to a bunch of bands that primarily no one has ever really heard of outside of. And so does E most stand for something? Like emotional. Like oh, so like, okay. Yeah, I yeah. got you. Their lyric, everybody thinks like it, their lyrics are generally like really poppy. They're usually pretty, they're either like sad, but with a happy, like give melodic. Me, give me one, it. give me one group that I would know. That's mm, emo. You might not. Uh, you're not going to know anything. Okay. Well then never mind. Never mind. Well, I don't. Know, I don't know who's your favorite artist. Like, who do you listen to? I don't know. I don't listen to music. Who did you listen to in high school? <laughs> <laughs> who did you listen to in high school, Jeff? <laughs> who did, I listened to a little bit of everything in high school, man. Like, I listened to uh, I listened to Garth Brooks. Back Come in on, the day, blame right? it all uh, on my roots. The first, like, the, I, we were I joking showed about up in boots. We were joking about this the other week. Like the first, ruin your life, friend. Let him talk. Let him talk. The first CD um, that I got in trouble for owning was Snoop Dogg. So my dad, uh, my dad <laughs> all right, there we out, go. I own Snoop Dogg. So yeah, so I had a, I, I listened to Tupac and Snoop and Dre for a season. Uh, you, got, you guys need to go to lunch, John. You sinners! You I, mean, I can't believe you used to listen. But, you take a road trip and garbage. The biggest thing I I, um, I don't I don't know if I've told my parents this or not, but like when I was in sixth grade, um, I, I <laughs> confession. Was going, yeah, I was going to a friend's house, and I don't know if they knew this, but the friend's mom had bought us tickets to go see uh, Bon Jovi. And Guns N' Roses, because wow. that was big, too. And, and their mom, like, just dropped us off at oh Thompson God. Bowling Arena <laughs> as sixth grader. Sixth wow. graders in the middle of a Bon Jovi Guns N' Roses That's concert. amazing, Hefe. First time I ever smelled some things, you know, and I was just like, whoa. So um, I look back now, I'm like, mm, that's not what I would want Lincoln to do. Favorite like, sports teams? Cubs, 100%. Baseball, get it, get it going, guys. Like, figure it out. Um, I'm so disappointed. Yeah, I'm so irritated. So disappointed. JV, do you know what we're disappointed about? I, I think it's something to do with baseball, but I'm not sure. <laughs> are, I thought, are they still playing baseball? No. It's just, there's, a, <laughs> there's a there's a holdout between the owners and the players, and it's just, oh, it's so I, I, just I got so it right. Bad. So they're not playing baseball. Not, no. Opening days. No. No. Oh gosh, spring what am I going to do every day now? Training is not going on. Two series of the season. Yeah. So every day that we drag on, really it's just pathetic. Really, it's pathetic. Oh. Uh, yeah, Cubs baseball, uh, football, Tennessee. I mean, I grew up seven minutes from 
uh, UT's campus in Knoxville, so that's in my blood. That would be Vols, not Titans. That's right. But I do like the Titans. You, you know, it's weird growing up in Tennessee. We didn't have an NFL team nope. for forever, so like – you had to have others. Yeah. Like, so I, I and I, I got really into like fantasy football a long time ago. So, like, I had a lot of favorite players. But r- recently, I mean, I kind of, I, w- I hope the Titans do well, you know. But I'm sorry, shake it off. You're good. Hefe, what do most people, JV's got a question. No, what, go what do most people, what do most people get wrong about Hefe? <sighs> That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, what do they think? What do they think is right about Hefe? And they're like, no, no. Probably that I listen to worship music all the time. <laughs> I, I do, but I'm also listening to other things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. When I, now, when I ask hey, people, like podcast part two, like, what do you, <laughs> what do you think about? Hefe's back. People, yeah, like, people can submit things, and I'll be like, yes, that's correct. No, that's wrong. So, so good. <laughs> JV, uh, do you read a lot? I not, take out the Bible. Do you read a lot? I, I do not to. read. I no, do not read a lot. No, I used to. I you had don't read a lot. Other you than just the Bible. listen to stuff. I don't, other than the Bible. No, I don't oh, read. Oh, other than the Bible. Other than the Bible. You do read the Bible a lot. Oh, I read the Bible a lot, but I don't read anything. I, gotcha. I, I had a season. Yeah. Like when I first came to First Baptist, a pastor there, Lyle Larson, good friend, like he's a big reader. And so like he helped kind of like foster a love for it a little bit there. But um, really since 2017, when I went into like single dad mode, like my reading time has dropped drastically. I just don't. <laughs> Hmm. I don't have the energy hmm. for it, you know. So. Yeah. How did you pick up guitar? Did you get the pickup? Did you get the yeah. get the pun there? I that was did, pretty good. Thank you. My dad much. has Da-da-da-da. played guitar for years. My dad's really musical. He played bass in our local church for years. He bought me a guitar when I was little, and I could care less about it. Didn't show any interest at all because I was all sports, sports, sports. And then when I was sixteen, and in youth group, we like I said we had a revolving door. Nobody, we had nobody to lead worship, and so me and a couple guys, like I was like, well. I think I can figure this out. I, I mean, I'd always been in chorus singing, so I knew I could carry a tune. And you did it because you wanted the girls to like you, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Hey, listen, it works. We had a guy in youth group. We would go to Centrifuge. I'm not going to mention his name, but he had the electric guitar. Yeah. I mean, this guy was yeah. like That's Guns and Roses and That's Bon Jovi all together. And I mean, just it's. I mean, they would just flock to him. You yeah. know. Yeah. So no, it, it, it's a definitely a draw. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I picked up 16 and started learning and. um I'm, I tell Bill, I'm a rhythmic guitarist. I can play chords. Yeah. I can't do all the pretty stuff that, that and Steve grinning. and Mike and, the, and Jeff Sansbury, those guys can do. But, um, but yeah. All right, so the plane is circling here. Mm-hmm. We're circling in. We can see the runway. Uh, have a real quick, just you, you've got friends in ministry. Yeah. You've got friends in other churches. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's been a brutal couple of years yeah. for churches everywhere. Yes. And you know, I don't want to. I don't know that we talk about this on the podcast regularly, really. Um, but it's been lose lose for every pastor in the country. Mm-hmm. They've lost members by in droves right. because they didn't make the right decision about COVID. They didn't right. make the right decision about the race relations. You know, they like such a difficult, difficult year. Um, you know, you used to if people missed two weeks of church, the instruction was you. You reach out to them because if they miss a third week, they formed a habit mm-hmm. and they're as good as gone. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody missed months, right? But you know, so you know, every church around is just trying to like get back. I mean, i i was on a i was on a, I was on a Zoom call uh, this week with with a group of about six pastors, and one of them is mentoring the the rest of mm-hmm. us. 
And I probably admire this guy more than any other pastor I know. He's just tremendously gifted, godly, winsome, strategic, Holy Spirit and common sense driven. He's amazing. Um, their, their church uh, is in Florida, and, and they're at about 80% pre-COVID attendance. Um, just as you interact with friends in ministries, you hear stories, and then you experience what we experience in real life. Yeah. What 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 would you say? What just what do you, what comes to your mind? What? I mean, they're like in utter like shock. You know, when I tell them like kind of where we are and the growth kind of scale we've been on, and hey, we're you know we're three years old, and this is kind of where we are coming out of COVID. Um, people are really amazed because they're like, that's just not. That's not the normal thing that churches are experiencing um, across most of the much of the country, you know. And so, um, you know, the fact that, like you said, most people, most churches are are not back to their pre-COVID attendance, you know, anywhere close. You know, I think a lot of people probably aren't, aren't even back to that eighty percent. Um, and for us to be, you know, breaking our highest non-special uh, activity. Sunday morning record. I mean, we what we say yesterday we broke we've broken three, it three times, times in, in the, the last, last month and a yeah, half. Two, yeah, yeah, two months. Of, yeah, of twenty twenty two. So, um, yeah, it's you know it's a it's a complete you know I tell I mean it's a complete move of the Holy Spirit and yes. the Lord you know because it's it's there's there's other churches I know <clears throat> that are doing great ministry. There's other I mean good friends of mine that are doing. Uh, churches that are doing great ministry they're loving people well yeah, and yeah. they're they're faithfully preaching the gospel and you know just that's not that's not what's going on with them so i know yeah. like what we're doing like we're doing the best we can yeah but, but yeah, we know yeah. like man it's this is this is the work of the lord you know that's just yeah and it's felt i mean from a staff perspective it's felt uphill yeah it's not it's been exhausting sure it's been like, oh, we now all new ha- all now have a new job description right. that we're all figuring out. You know, what right. I mean, right. that was in the middle of COVID, but yeah. I so I, I appreciate you sharing because the one thing that I want our people to hear is just, um, you know, first, please don't take for granted what God no, is doing. Please, don't assume that what God's doing in real life is normal right now around the country. It's a, it's it's extraordinary. It's yeah. it's you know, it's it's exceptional. The fruitfulness of what we're yeah. seeing. Um. And so, so celebrate it and join us in giving God glory for it. Um, and let's pray that God will protect it. Yeah. Let's just pray that he'll continue to protect it. And, um, you know, I'm amazed. And I just, you know, it's like I want our people to, to be aware without us saying, look at, look at what's going on, you know, but just to be aware, to, yeah. to celebrate, give God glory, and then to pray that God would protect it and, um, I'm amazed. I'm just in awe of what he's doing. I'm so thankful for how you are helping make so much of that happen, how the Lord's used you in such a mighty way. JV, what else you got, man? As well? I was going to over-spiritualize that last comment, but I don't yeah, think no, I will. Do it. I but, love your over-spiritualization 50% um, of the time. So Henry, Go for it. Henry, Henry Black, oh, <laughs> this is it. Uh, what a, one penny or the other. Henry Blackaby wrote a book called Experiencing God years and years ago, and um, it really impacted me. I don't know, Jeff, yeah. if you've done that. Yeah. And so I think the basic core, there's lots to it, but the basic core is God is always at work yeah. doing mm-hmm. his work. He never stops. There's plenty of songs That's about right. that. That's right. And when people, listen, not when churches, we just talked about over-programming and that. that. Yeah. When people stop individually mm-hmm. and daily 
deeply Come on. delight in his scripture and are impacted in their heart, orthocardia, impacted in their <laughs> heart, and then they come together with the understanding of the mercy that they received yes. and the grace, as we talked about last week, yes. they received, yes. and enjoy, would give whatever it takes so that they can enjoy each other on Sundays yeah. but have no choice but to tell other people about it. Come on. I know that's church talk, but that's not church talk. No. One of the reasons I think real life is experiencing new members every not new members but new well, what do you say to, what do you say to every time every sunday somebody some first sunday first sunday and and so they are coming because listen no one ever usually steps into church because they want to god is pulling them into church and when god is at work y'all are doing a great job as staff great job as lead pastor seeking him first and seeing what he wants real life to do in his order and not yours. I just want to tell you, y'all are doing a great job. And that includes you, Daniel. What a privilege to have a front row seat. So good. Hefe, would you close out in prayer? Pray for our listeners today. Hey, thanks for letting us just throw you in the blender, man, and and learn who Hefe is. We love you, dog. Love you, man. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us. And Lord, we're just, uh, we're humbled, Lord, when we can sit together and just, um, talk about the amazing things we see you at work around us and lord we're thankful that we're getting a front row seat to see yes. how you're changing hearts and lives and families here in clarksville yes um, lord i pray for those who are tuning in and listening to this today god i pray that um, i pray that today lord that they would feel and know uh, your love today god i pray that uh, no matter what uh, their day looks like no matter what season of life they find themselves uh, in Lord, no matter what journey they're on, God, I pray today they would know that they're loved by the Creator. Um, God, I pray uh, today that you would draw each of us to you, Lord. That through through your creation, through your Word, through relationships and interactions we have, God, today with others, Lord, I pray that our hearts would just be uh, in tune with you, uh, Lord. That that we would make you the center of our life, God. That everything that we do, Lord, would would flow out of our relationship with you. Lord, we ask for strength. We ask for wisdom, Lord. And God, we ask for just guidance, God. Just as we navigate life, the difficulties that come with it, uh, Lord, we just ask for you, Lord, to help us because we need you. Um, Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us, God. Thank you for offering a way uh, back from... uh, our mistakes, our sins, our regrets, God, you give us a way to return back to you through Jesus. And Lord, we're Thank so you, Lord. That, God. Yes, so, Lord, Lord. We love you. And we pray in your holy name of Jesus Christ today. Amen. Amen. JV, keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.